Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, experts, tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Thank you very much for joining me on today's episode of the show. We're going to be going over a very important topic, and that is tactically or strategically, what do you do against an opponent who is substantially better than you are? Is there a right or a wrong way to go to go about playing that match when you're just totally outclassed? I mean, what's the best thing to do in that situation? So let's go ahead and get uh, right down to business here. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, today's topic comes to us from Jay, and Jay and I have actually met each other in person several times before. Jay also runs an online business in which he provides expert information for people in his audience, just like I do. So he and I have a lot in common when it comes to how we uh, provide for our families. Uh, So Jay, it's great to have you as a listener, and it was great to hear from you with a, a question for the podcast. Jay wrote and said, whenever I play a player who is much better than I, I throw my regular game out the window and try to make winners on almost every point. If I don't hit winners and just keep it in play, I get killed by my opponent's winner anyways. Is there a best strategy to play a better player and keep it close without throwing the good stuff away? All the best, Jay. All right, Jay. Yes, I, I you're actually not that far off base here with, with what you're trying. I, I'm going to go ahead and go through my, my whole... Uh, outline here. It's not going to be super long, but I definitely have some important thoughts here to, to get across to you and everybody else listening. First of all, let's talk about what probably won't work <laughs> in this situation. And what won't work is the way that you've always been told to play successful tennis. And we're just for clarification, we're, we're talking about singles here, just one-on-one. We're not talking about uh, doubles. It's, this is going to be singles specific. The way that everybody tells you to play tennis is kind of the smart way of playing. Play high percentage shots, which in singles, you're probably familiar that cross courts, you know, in general is a higher percentage play. You should be giving yourself margin for error over the top of the net, but while doing so, making a confident swing at the ball. And this is typically referred to as a rally ball. So this is a forehand or a backhand from the baseline that you're hitting with confidence, hopefully with at least a little bit of top spin for consistency so that you can continue to hit a nice, you know, aggressive shot, but without overdoing it and making a lot of mistakes. Against a player who's considerably, considerably better than you, that will not work <laughs> most of the time because most likely that's just going to give your opponent rhythm to work off of. And if you just kind of play a standard rally bar, whatever your standard rally shot is, it's probably not going to challenge him, number one. And then number two, you're going to give him the same look over and over again, which will give him a comfort level and an ability to get into a rhythm. And that's the last thing we want against an opponent who's much better than we are. And by the way, as I go through, I actually accidentally skipped a line here in my outline. You know, everything I'm going to talk about here is, at least to a certain extent, a generality. Every match and every opponent is going to be different. Even even when we, you know, compare five players that you play that are all much better than you, it's going to be a little bit different every time, maybe really different. 
And even when you play the same opponents on different days, it's going to be a different match. So these are generalities. And, and along with what usually won't work, you know, playing a rally ball usually is not going to win you the match. So if he's legitimately much stronger than you and he gets into a rhythm, then the match is going to be over quickly, <laughs> period. So more than likely, that's not going to work. So what might work? I've got three suggestions. What might, what might work, option number one, is swing for the fences. <laughs> swing for the uh, proverbial fences. And it sounds like that's what you've been trying up until now, Jay. So take an aggressive cut at every single ball that you have a reasonable opportunity to do so with. And what I mean by reasonable, you know, maybe you're on the run a little bit, but the ball is at least around your strike zone. You know, you're not totally off balance and barely keeping your balance, you know, to, to keep from falling over as you make your swing. If you're in that situation, it's probably still prudent to play a neutral or a defensive shot, even though your opponent is much stronger than you. So so take shots that are reasonable to take an, an offensive swing at, but take all those opportunities and don't be bashful about just going for it. Now, the upside of this option is you might kind of get in the zone and start taking control of points, at least more points than what you lose by uh, making mistakes. You never know what will happen out there when you're relaxed and you just start going for it once in a while. It's not going to be every time, but once in a while, you'll just get into a rhythm yourself and you'll really just start feeling it and you'll start just clocking shots off either your backhand or, or forehand side or maybe both. So that's the possible upside. A possible downside is if you don't get into a rhythm and you don't kind of get in the zone with your shots and you keep just going for offensive shot after offensive shot, you'll probably beat yourself quickly. And that's you know very possible if, if you give this a shot against a considerably, considerably better player. Now, remember, you have nothing to lose in this situation. You know that he's much stronger he knows he's much stronger. Everybody watching, you know, it doesn't take long when you watch a tennis match. When it's mismatched, it doesn't take very long to figure out just by watching a couple points who's kind of the, the quote unquote, the stronger player or the better player. You know, you've got nothing to lose here. You might as well give it a shot and go for it. It's possible you'll beat yourself, but at least you give yourself a fighting chance. So that's option number one against a stronger player. Option number two is just to push. <laughs> and I did a podcast, uh, let's see, what what episode was it? Just a, a couple episodes ago. I'm going to go ahead and look this up really quickly. Um, learning from Pushers, episode number 210. If you go to EssentialTennis.com slash podcast, and uh, click on episode number 210. I did a show all about what you can learn from pushers and, and how you can implement some of the tactics that they use successfully. Not necessarily playing like a pusher, but what we can learn from them. Sometimes it's totally fine to copy that style of play. You know, and, and which, which of these you choose ultimately is gonna come down to your personality and what kind of is the best feel for you Personally, you know, in terms of your strengths and weaknesses with your game, if you typically are really aggressive anyway, and you just you hate playing defense, then this probably won't work for you. For you know, it's very likely it won't. On the other hand, maybe against a certain opponent, it'll be very effective. And so, even though you don't like to slow down and just put the ball in play, maybe it would be prudent in a specific situation. 
So the upside to doing this is just playing everything basically defensive or neutral, just aim back down the middle of the court, high margin for error, and just put the ball in play. The upside, possible upside, is that you might annoy and confound your opponents and hopefully cause him to beat himself. Even though he's much better than you, doesn't mean that he can't have a bad day too. And it's possible he'll have an off day, or maybe your tactics will cause him to have an off day. You know, Maybe he starts off fine, but he doesn't like playing against that specific style of play. And so he gets annoyed, he starts making mistakes, and it's kind of a downward spiral. We've all been in that situation before. And so if you can help him get into that situation, then that's totally legitimate. And you know, a win's a win at that point. Now, the downs, potential downside is that you need to be ready to do a ton of running, number one. And then number two, you still might get crushed. <laughs> You might do a ton of running, get a ton of balls back in play, but if your opponent, who's much stronger than you, has a good day anyway, then you might do a whole lot of running and still lose by a lot. It's totally possible. But remember, once again, you have nothing to lose in this situation. He's, he's better. You know it. He knows it. Do whatever you can to try to disrupt his game and hopefully find some way of getting an upper hand. Now, I've got option number three here. Which is, and you know what? I'm actually on the fly. I'm going to add option four. Um, I, I should have, I should have uh, written this down before. Option three is basically a combo of one and two. So kind of defense, defense, defense. And then if and when you get a, an opportunity to attack, hit aggressively. And so don't give your opponent anything in between. You're either just defending, defending, just getting it in, just getting it in. Or, you know, eventually your opponent will probably just push it back. Then you tee off and you go for an offensive ball. And if you make it, you know, that's a really, really, really frustrating point potentially for your opponents to see you just scrambling around back and forth, just pushing it back. And then the first chance, the first chance you get where you have some breathing room, you just go for it and you make it. I mean, that's frustrating as an opponent who is a stronger player than you are. So something to think about there. You know, this is probably tougher than just picking one or the other outright, either defensive or uh, defensive, simply because few people can transition smoothly from defense to offense and just do it seamlessly, kind of be in a a defensive mentality, you know, scrambling around, um, you know, chasing down ball after ball, and then three or four shots later, boom, transition to offense and just put the ball away. There's not many people that are good at transitioning, you know, from phase to phase like that. Maybe that would work for you. So just keep it in mind as an option. And then lastly, option number four would be just simply playing off-paced stuff. And this is different from pushing. As a pusher, you're basically aiming for the center of no man's land, just really high percentage, still trying to keep the ball deep in the court, typically really high, kind of little, not very much pace, but high and deep in the court over and over again. You might want to consider just playing a lot of junk. That means, you know, changing the spin, using slice, using side spin off both sides, dropping the ball short on purpose, you know, drop shot and then lob your opponent, making him run back and forth and and up and back if possible. Just a general kind of junk ball strategy could be effective at throwing this person off their rhythm. And even if even if you don't throw them off their rhythm, maybe you'll find eventually a weakness. You know, maybe on one of those kind of junk uh, drop shots, they, uh, they come up to the net, you lob, and it turns out, oh, hey, his overhead 
is terrible. <laughs> and he, or maybe, you know, his overhead doesn't look bad, but for whatever reason that day, he's shanking all his overheads. You never know what's going to happen. So consider that a fourth option to just kind of use junk balls. And, and again, and this is what I'm going to close with. I'm going to close with just the idea that, again, you have nothing to lose in this situation. You know, a lot of us as as tennis players, you know, it's difficult because we're out there all by ourselves. There's nobody else to back us up, no no teammates in, in singles. And so we can, for a lot of us, we can become embarrassed in a situation like this where we're totally outclassed. And, you know, most of us, and I'm kind of speaking for guys here, <laughs> most of us guys would prefer to just go down with the ship and just go down swinging like Jay described and just, you know, I'm just going to go for it. If you lose, you know, at least you tried. Um, not many guys, and I'm sure there's a lot of women out there that, that are going to relate to this as well, are willing to kind of put aside their, you know, their hard earned topspin drive, you know, shots and start dinking the ball or pushing the ball or, or playing, you know, little drop shots and lobs and, you know, those types of tactics. But let me encourage you to, to put your pride aside a little bit and just try different things and be willing to use whatever works. That's what good tactics comes down to is figuring out what works and then being able to execute it consistently enough to come out the winner. And depending on what day you're out there on the court, it's going to be totally different from day to day. Don't fall into the trap that there's a quote-unquote best way to play tennis or like a, a prettiest way to play tennis. And for some reason or another, that's the way your tennis should look every single day. Even the pros have off days where they have to use shots they usually don't have to rely on just to stay in the match, stay in the points, and give themselves a fighting chance at winning even though they're having an off day or their opponent is just way you know outclassing them and, and outplaying them. So don't be embarrassed about trying these tactics, please. And you don't have anything to lose. Go ahead and, and give it a try. Rather than being frustrated and angry at yourself for not challenging your opponent, enjoy the process of trying to do the best you can. So rather than adopting a woe is me attitude and kind of wallowing in, in the misery of getting crushed by your opponent, say, you know what, you know, I, I fully recognize and I, you know, fully, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I accept the fact that they're much better than me. You know, that's just life out there on the courts. You never know when that's going to happen. So rather than getting down on yourself, enjoy the process, enjoy the challenge of trying to figure out something that could possibly throw them off their game. And the last thing I'll say is just simply, this is part of tennis. No matter how good you get, and I mean no matter how good you get, there will always be somebody that can crush you. Always. I mean, when you look at the players that are, you know, 100 in the world, do you have any idea how good 100 in the world is? There's what, six, seven billion people in the world and you're in the top 100 people in the world at an athletic endeavor. We're talking about a percentage of a percentage of a percentage of a percentage, like 15 times. <laughs> it's a tiny, tiny percentage. And yet that 100 ranked guy in the world on any given day is going to get crushed by somebody better than him. So how much more then should we as recreational players just take it in stride. The fact that we're playing against somebody much better 
and just keep a good attitude and just do the best you can. That's probably the the best advice that I'll give today for a lot of you listening is just that general mindset and attitude suggestion. So, Jay, hopefully this has been helpful to you both in terms of the tactics and also mindset. If you have any further questions, always feel free to let me know. Thanks so much for being a listener. Great to, uh, to hear from you. And I'll talk to you again very soon. But best of luck. All right, that does it for episode number 214 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you appreciate the show and you'd like to help support what I'm doing, there's two ways you can do that. Number one is leave a review on the iTunes Music Store for the podcast. And I'd like to thank two people that left new reviews since the last episode. Ryakob, I believe. Ryakob, thank you for your review. And also, probably my personal favorite name of a reviewer ever, Cletus the Clobber Cheesecake. Yes, that's Cletus the Clobber Cheesecake. (laughs) Thank you for your review as well. Uh, Both of you since uh, the last episode, I really appreciate it. And um, so, yeah, if you appreciate the show, you appreciate the time I put in, you can leave me a review there on iTunes, or you can also donate to uh, the show to help support what I'm doing. You can do that by going to EssentialTennis.com slash donate, EssentialTennis.com slash donate. So with that, I'll sign off for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time and your attention, and I'll be talking to you again very soon. Take care and good luck with your tennis.